This episode is powered by Safety FM. Well, welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. This is the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant, talk about OSHA compliance, and a whole bunch of other stuff to help you with your business and to get you going with the safety stuff. Welcome to another week of the Safety Consultant Podcast. I want to thank everybody for being part of the show. You guys rock. I am going to, you're going to hear some typing in the back. That's me and my nice loud, the world's loudest keyboard. Uh, so I am going to do what I've been doing the last couple of days on, well, episodes, not days episodes let's go ahead and see who's with us all right so i'm going to do the demographics i did not do the demographics like per state because i figured it's gonna be a lot if i were to like do like province and states and cities and everything else so i have not been doing that but i've been doing regions uh so let's take a quick look and Let's see uh, who's out there supporting us. Uh, the U.S. is my biggest supporter. You guys are 58% of my listenership. Saudi Arabia, you are second. Uh, you guys are actually uh, 35% of my listenership. Thank you. Nigeria, Singapore, Canada, UK, Spain, Australia, Ireland, Portugal, Germany, Pakistan, Romania, Egypt, Tunisia, Bolivia, India, South Africa, Italy, and Norway. You guys have all been showing support. Thank you so much for being part of the Safety Consulting Consultant Podcast. I read the countries in order of listeners. So if you want your country to go up a bit in my order, share it with a friend. Uh, you know, it'd be awesome if you share this with a friend. If it's helping you, then chances are it's going to help you with a friend or a colleague. So go ahead and share this show with them. And it's easy to share. If you're literally sending emails, do it by email. But if you want to just say, hey, I'm listening to this show. I just can't remember it. It's an easy one. Safety Consultant with Sheldon Primus. So just tell anybody that you need here. Just go ahead and look up and wherever they listen to podcasts and then they could go ahead and download the episode and subscribe even better all right so thank you everybody you guys are like like the dream team of fans and the dream team of support i uh just completely appreciate everything that you do so thank you thank you very much so this uh, episode, I'm actually going to do my annual OSHA record keeping episode, as you can tell by the title. I try to do this each year because us in safety, especially in the U.S., because this is only compliant in the U.S., uh, we have this time frame in February getting into um, March where there's a bunch of things happening for 
recording of injuries and illnesses that is going to be required by the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. So right around February and March, and for those of you doing business with us in the uh, in the U.S., during this time period, you may see your emails getting a little bit later, and all of a sudden we're not responding to you right away like we should. Uh, it's because this time period in the U.S. Um, cycle for uh, injury and illness record keeping, uh, not everybody has to keep injuries and illness records. So if you are doing this, First and foremost, and I'm going to digress a little. First and foremost, make sure that you actually need to keep records of injuries and illnesses because it is an establishment thing, not a firm thing. Uh, the firm is your full company. The establishment is a specific location. So let's say you have a location where there's administration only, then that location that establishment is exempt from record keeping. So you might help yourself out by lowering or reducing your paperwork by maybe moving uh, your administration building to one particular establishment and maybe have support at your you know, satellite offices, but you do have a main administration building and then you're going to take yourself off of one establishment right there that you're not going to have to do paperwork for. So uh, if you're not sure if your company is exempt or not, you want to go to the record keeping rules, which is going to be 1904. That's the code of, code of federal regulation number 1904. And you're going to be looking for subpart B and you want appendix A. So when you get there, you're going to see a list of uh, different types of organizations that are exempt from OSHA record keeping. Now, those of you that are online, yeah, you guys all know the rules. Everybody knows the rules. You cannot be looking up anything when you're driving. No good. Cut it out. <laughs> you're going to do your listening now. And then when you get home... Then you're going to go ahead and do all the stuff that you need to do regarding uh, following websites that I give you. So here's the website for record keeping on the OSHA site. OSHA.gov forward slash record keeping. So OSHA.gov forward slash record keeping. When you get there, this is kind of like a hub for record keeping. You're going to get a lot of information here. Uh, I'm going to point your attention right down to scroll down to the page and on the bottom right you're going to start seeing near the um the foot uh i guess it's a footer but above the footer where it's still in white uh, you're going to see uh little mini columns down there and one of the columns is going to have a heading that says training uh, there is a training powerpoint that is there for record keeping that is open source it's right there for you guys to use and to uh to have available for your references it's open to everyone you know if you use this uh guideline in your country then go ahead and osha.gov forward slash record keeping uh bottom right corner scroll all the way down you're going to see training uh section and you could select training presentations and that's going to take you to a presentation of how to navigate 
<clears throat> excuse me, how to navigate uh, the 1904 rules. So go one column next to that and you're going to see uh, where they say related documents and information. Uh, in that column, again, this is going to be on the OSHA.gov record keeping uh, page. So forward slash record keeping. And as you go down towards the bottom of the page, you're going to see four little columns. One will say form, one will say requirements, one will say related documents and information, and the other one's training. So we're on related documents and information. You guys really need to look at that, um, that section real closely because you'll see news releases there. There's information with uh, updates in the Federal Register. Uh, there's wording in there, uh, documentation. There's a hyperlink. It's really what it is, a hyperlink leading you to OSHA's documentation regarding employer safety incentive programs and de-incentive policies and practices. So that's important uh, to OSHA if you're doing any kind of safety incentive and it's going to de-incentivize the workers from being proactive towards safety. And that was a lot of words. <laughs> so what I really mean is uh, you may have some uh, safety incentive programs that will say, if we get to a certain amount of days without an accident, I'm going to reward you. That is not an incentive that disincentivizes people from reporting uh, incidences or even situations where there's hazards because they want to get to that caveat. So OSHA has policies on that. And then right underneath that, you'll see compliance directive and there'll be a CPL number. CPL just means compliance letter 2-00135. So what that compliance letter is, is a letter for the compliance officers. Whenever they're doing a record keeping inspection, this is their guidance. So that compliance uh, letter will show them how to conduct a record keeping inspection. So it's good for you to know that as well. And then the other thing that you're really going to need to know for record keeping, which is it's not really obvious, but you're going to need to know your organization's codes that they operate under. In North America, uh, we will have in Canada, U.S. and Mexico, the same coding system. It's a six digit code called the North American Industry Classification System Code. That six digit code. Uh, was evolved from the standard industrial classification code uh, that was a four-digit code. So if you did construction, you would get a four-digit code that says you did construction. If you do underground construction and the, you're doing piping for secondary uh, elementary or something like that, you would get a special two-digit attached to your construction code to prove you're a specialist in the field in your product. So that also will mean the data related to that code is going to be special to your organization, uh, not to your organization, it's to say to your industry. So now OSHA will start getting industry profiles by that NAICS code. But that code is also going to be important uh, for you to see regulatory activity and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but the code is going to tell you if your establishment has to be on record keeping or not. 
And the code is also going to tell you uh, if you're one of these unique cases with electronic record keeping that have 20 people to 249 people in a high hazard NAICS code, you're going to be required to do electronic record keeping uh, along with the larger companies, uh, which are over 500. Um, uh, they're going to end up needing to do uh, record company as um, uh, record keeping as well. Did I say 500? I think I probably just did say 500. I meant 250 or more. I don't know why 500 is stuck in my brain. Anyway, uh, right now it's compliance deadline for the U.S. with the, um, well, one thing is they're posting a form called a 300A form. This is a form that's a summary of all the injuries and illnesses from last year. You got to post it in a place where people could see it. And in the U.S., they're keeping it up from February 1st. And at the time of this recording, it's February 22nd. So this thing has been up for a couple of weeks by now. And then you take it down. Uh, I always say May 1st, just to make sure you're in compliance. But the last day it's required to be up is April 30th. So some people on you know the end of their workday, April 30th, will pull down that, uh, that summary log of injuries. May 1st. What's one more day going to hurt, right? Come on. <laughs> Stay in compliance. <laughs> just one more day. Uh, anyway, uh, that is going to be the requirement there. Um, there is a proposed rule coming up. The open comment period is closed for this one. So this year I'm doing something a little different than I normally do with the record keeping. I'm uh, going to give you guys a reading of the proposed rule. So you don't even have to go to this one, but this is in what we call the regulatory agenda. So that just means uh, for OSHA, and there's many organizations in the federal government that has regulatory agendas, actually all of them, uh, but uh, OSHA's regulatory agenda under the Department of Labor, uh, they're planning a change. And this change uh, came in the fall 2022, uh, actually before, but it was also in the fall 2022 regulatory agenda. Unified agenda is another name for it. It's just what OSHA is planning. That's really what it means. So here's the, the, um, the announcement, if you will. And I find it really interesting. That's why I'll read this one to you guys. In 2016, OSHA finalized a rule which, among other things, required certain establishments to electronically submit certain case-specific inju uh, injury and illness information to OSHA each year. And that was in 2016 in May. Approximately three years later, the agency rescinded the requirement to submit the specific uh, case-specific information, and that's 2019. Uh, so you could see that there's been uh, some, some political issues for us in the U.S. between that time frame. So you could see that uh, uh, there, there was influence, as I could tell, in this. Uh, so here we're seeing some more written down says on March 30th, 2022, OSHA published a notice of proposed rulemaking which would amend the occupational injury and illness record-keeping regulation to again require certain employers to annually electronically submit injury and illness information. So therefore, OSHA is going back to their original intent for the electronic record-keeping rule, which was watered down. 
the intent of the the original rule is uh, what they're about to do right here. They actually changed it up a little in the intent. And what I'm reading again is the regulatory agenda. This is what OSHA is trying to do in the future. And this is specifically on record keeping. So uh, they go on in here. And again, this is why I find it interesting. This is what they're going to, the new rule is going to be. Uh, specifically, OSHA proposed to amend its regulation to require establishments with a hundred or more employees in certain designated industries, and that's probably going to be the same designated industries that they have right now with that list that OSHA has on the record-keeping page the, that are hazard, high-hazard industries. So I'm imagining it's going to be that same list, but now instead of 20 workers, it's going to go up to a hundred, a hundred or more workers. Uh, so that might be what I'm thinking here, but let's read on. So uh, uh, under proposal establishment with 20 or more employees in certain industries will continue to require to uh, electronically submit information from their uh, 300A form. So, okay, so I, I guess it is going to be the 20 more, but then there's going to be another uh, grouping of a hundred or more employees. Uh, let's see, OSHA also proposed to update the classification system used to determine the list of injuries covered by the electronic submission requirement. Okay, so there we go, we just figured that out, uh, that they are going to update the, the list of industries. So that's, that's what that hundred looks like in there. And let's see, finally OSHA proposes to remove the current requirement for establishments of 250 or more employees not in a designated industry to electronically submit the 300A form to OSHA on an annual basis. So that's good. So that means there'll be less regulation for some companies, and then they're just going to look for uh, specific high hazard companies in the new rule. So that's not bad at all. That's like the... Um, uh, that's a good way of putting it. Unfortunately, OSHA is political, so um, right now it may work. <laughs> but if there's a change in administration from uh, Democrat to Republican, things will change and vice versa, because that's just the way OSHA operates in the U.S. So right now, I'll tell you guys, keep an eye out on the record keeping rule. Uh, keep an eye out for the regulatory agenda. And you should be okay. Just kind of check back with uh, OSHA and the record keeping page, osha.gov forward slash record keeping, and that's going to help you out. Uh, if you need some more help with record keeping, I have a course that I did a while back and uh, I keep updating it. Uh, so you will always have any of the courses that you get from me. Uh, anytime I update the courses, you get your update because it's going to be a lifetime. So if you need help with record keeping, go to osha.coach, osha.coach. That's me. So osha.coach, you can see the record keeping class. Uh, if you have a trouble with that domain, that's okay. You could go to primus.training. So osha.coach, primus.training, and you could get the record keeping class and uh just go ahead sign up for that class register for it now you'll have it for life and anytime i update update the class especially when we get this new um update from osha 
I'm kind of waiting for that. And then I'm going to update everything up uh, to match the newest and latest. So there you go. OSHA.coach, Primus.training. I want to thank everyone for being part of uh, everything. You guys have been awesome to me. I truly appreciate uh, all of you listening to the podcast and sharing it with friends and liking and subscribing to the podcast. For those of you who have not been on safetyconsultant.tv, that's the TV product that I have, a video and uh, demand subscription service. Uh, use code SC101 at checkout and you'll get 30 days free. And you can actually see some of the podcast interviews as well as you're going to get information how to run your business. So this is going to be me showing you step by step by step how to start, how to run your business, and then how to advance your business through marketing and promotion. So all the stuff you hear in the podcast, you actually get to see and do in safetyconsultant.tv. So that's an app. You go to your app store and you can get it through there. Uh, Apple TV, Android TV, all the other uh, Roku and everything else, right? Get it from there too. Put in code SC. 101 for 30 days free. All right, gang. Go get them. This episode has been powered by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast or broadcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within the past hour are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast or broadcast may be reproduced, stored within a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast or broadcast, Sheldon Brimus.